go and pop off me and my click put on I'm like a young McMahon I'm here to get your bitch off like I'm Rick Flair Little finger to the big boss Man, a.k.a. police Guess I'm over your head like guitars Kill these niggas, that's no problem Chill, these niggas want no problem That chopper body like corn swaggle Can't see you shot them like Sin Carl Roll it up with that shit loud It ain't mine if that shit not Ladies hate when I rip through But they in love with this Jake Ride It's like now Say hello to my python I'm seeing punk with that mic, y'all She go to sleep cause my pipe bomb Winning, plus I be hurting feelings. Niggas is Curtis Axe, so my rap is like Kurt and then don't it? I'm such a charmer. Come crown Vic, not talking whip. I'm thinking Lawler, cause I'm royalty. But we talking cars, it's not a problem. Just bought two big bodies, call them Kamala and Umaga. Why the? You're talking to the black guy. My gang grill, but I ain't never no Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to PC and Platt right here. Chairshot Radio Network, a part of the Chairshot.com, where we remind you to always use your head and head on over to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the Chairshot. Chris, welcome, welcome once again. Week three of this brand new spanking show called PC and Platt. How are you feeling today, MVP? Greetings and citations, ladies and gentlemen. Tony, always an honor, privilege, and pleasure to chop it up with my mans. Uh, still, uh, still working on that PCP title. It, 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 it's a fluid situation, ladies and gentlemen. I haven't given up hope yet. But how are you, my good friend? Maybe we need a shirt. You know, PC and Platt. Dot dot dot. Are you on PCP? Speaking of the Chairshot Radio Network. We have a very special, the first ever guest to the PC and Platt show here on Chairshot Radio Network. He is uh, a big reason that we have an entertainment division on the Chairshot.com and on Chairshot Radio Network. He is one of the co-creators of one of the very best podcasts in all of podcast land. Uh, Mr. Patrick O'Dowd of Bandwagon Nerds. Uh, you can also find him on the Greg DeMarco show. You can. You honor me with that, by the way. I mean, throwing accolades, give my, give me a big head before I go into recording the DeMarco show later tonight, where it will certainly be deflated as I suffer the slings and arrows of a Greg DeMarco retort or two. But seen a lot of you in the last month, though, Tony. Like, I, I feel like the road we, we've hung out on the podcast airwaves quite a bit, yeah. Yeah, just wait, just wait. It'll be it'll be June, and none of us will see each other for weeks. We'll all be taking a tired day off here and week off there. Well, <laughs> I I'd seen I hadn't seen Platt in like three three four years, something like that. Three four years that's been about what it's been, and now twice in in in, in, in as many days. So you know this is this is exciting. Yeah, I know how it is, man. I like to think of myself as the um, the Billy Preston, as the fifth Beatle. That's how I like to see myself. In the bandwagon nerd sphere, I feel like I'm an unofficial member, but again, you 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 kind of spoon feed me out, or you 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 put me out in increments, man. I think I'm like that, more like that annoying drunk cousin or uncle that you love them, but you can only take them every now and again. And I mean, you, as, you as they like say, that. as they say in Encanto, we don't talk about Platt. Mm-hmm. Some of you know. You, you ain't got to tell me. Yeah, I know you know. <laughs> Well, folks, if you are a fan of Chairshot Radio Network, you can see, you can listen to Platt talk a lot, at least, that's for sure. Uh, Platt, before we take a quick commercial break and uh, come back and give a little uh, tribute. Uh, to... Take a what? Take take a what? Uh, maybe my mic. A quick, com- quick commercial break? What did we take? Quick commercial okay, break. Okay, you got it right the second time. Yeah, that ain't what you said the first time. 
before before careless Levert and I take a quick commercial break, uh, yeah, shut up. We're gonna come back and uh, pay pay homage to Razor Ramon who passed, and then we're gonna get into March Madness. But before we do, Chris, can you tell everybody about the wonderful tees at ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot? Well, I guess I have to. Again, if you're a fan of what we do here at The Chair Shot, and I know that we're your favorite website for news, reviews, opinion, and analysis, the best way to make sure we keep preventing, Jesus Christ, I'm making fun of Tunny, and here I am stumbling over shit. The best way to make sure we keep providing the content that you love, it certainly is, and she don't like me all the goddamn time. But you know who does like me? is the good people down at ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash The Chair Shot, because I got like 511 shirts on there. Because everything I say ends up becoming a shirt, but it's all good. You're going to make yourself more aesthetically pleasing, and you're going to be supporting the movement known as the chairshot.com. We are in the midst of mania season. You're going to be going out. Maybe you're coming down to mania. If you are, come holla at your boy. I will be there. If not, you're probably going to be getting together with your friends and watching the big shoe two-night event, the most stupendous WrestleMania in history. So you might as well show up aesthetically pleasing. And you do that by going to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot and picking up an official chair shot t-shirt. We have something that you will absolutely love. I guarantee it. Get it soft style. Fellas, that's the only time that's acceptable. And I speak from experience. If you show up to your venue or your event in a t-shirt from ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash The Chair Shot. I guarantee that that t-shirt from ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash The Chair Shot is going to get you over like Red Rover with a four-leaf clover. I've seen it done. I've done it my damn self. Again, ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash The Chair Shot. Please and thank you, thank you, and please support the movement because this is TheChairShot.com, which means we're not just a website. We're a movement. This is your boy Kenny Killer telling you to make sure you check out thechairshot.com Bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling Make sure you check it out, thechairshot.com Thechairshot.com Always use your head Welcome back, PC and Platt, right here, Chairshot Radio Network, part of thechairshot.com. You can find Chairshot Radio Network on all of your favorite streaming platforms. Speaking of Platt and PC, we are also joined by Patrick O'Dowd this week from Bandwagon Nerds and other such things. And we're also excited to talk some March Madness, but first, uh, one of one of the greatest and one of the most popular and one of the most brilliant in-the-business wrestlers has passed away. Uh, and it feels like too soon, a guy who turned his life around and, and, uh, had some family coming up in the business. Now there's a new, there's a number of things that you can dedicate to this man, you know, having the idea for that succeeded in wrestling. Um, Scott Hall, no longer with us. Gentlemen, just your thoughts on the suddenness of this. I'm going to acquiesce to our guest here. Patrick, please get in here and give us your thoughts, sir. Well, Scott Hall is largely one of the reasons that I came back to wrestling the first time. So when I when I was a kid, like much like like the rest of you, like we like I watched wrestling in the 80s and sort of fizzled out around 92, 93, 94 when I got into my high school years. And it, it just wasn't the cool thing to do. Right. Uh and it wasn't until I got to college, it was 97, 
and people were talking about Hulk Hogan is this this bad guy. And I was like, well, what happened? And they're like, well, Razor Ramon showed up at Nitro about a year ago and kicked off this whole thing and, and really can be largely credited as one of the major reasons why wrestling i mean i don't even think it's it can be argued i think it's he's largely one of three reasons why wrestling exploded the way that it did in popularity uh from you know kicking off the nwl by showing up on nitro to just making it cool and making it with him and kevin nash in particular you know and hogan as the tag along but the name value that the NWO needed made it made wrestling relevant in a way that it just hadn't been since the rock and wrestling era in the, in the eighties. And Scott Hall was first. He was the first person you saw. He was the, he was the one, you know, you know who I am, but you don't know why I'm here. And he was, he was amazing. And, you know, and I remember him from the AWA tagging with Kurt Henning, um, and even before then, when he worked in the NWA, because uh, he, he worked in the NWA, he was a territory guy, just like anybody else. And, and he was there and with his curly brown hair and his handlebar mustache, looking like a cowboy uh, to, to where he is now. And this is the I haven't I haven't been this saddened by a passing of a wrestler since probably since Bobby Heenan um, and just sort of somebody who was such a touch point was so popular, Ooze Charisma. And as you said, Platt, like turned his life around. Like, and it really found himself in a better place. And to think, if you would have told me that Scott Hall, you know, would pass due to complications from hip surgery, I wouldn't have believed you because of the life he led. You would have thought it was going to be from his harder his his harder life and battling his demons and something relapsing. And it just wasn't true. Uh, and it, it is kind of cruel. And I think that's the thing is it's kind of cruel. And yesterday was a big day of waiting for for something we all knew was going to happen. And that, to me, just it made it a, it was a sad day. It was a sad day yesterday. Um, so, yeah, now I'll, I'll leave it at that. I mean, Pat, if you would have told me 15 years ago that Scott Hall was going to make it to 63. I, you know, That's I don't want to get too morbid with it, but the fact that he made it that far, I think it is kind of a a triumphant story. Because, I mean, 63, that's like 80 in wrestling wrestler years, especially considering, you know, everything that went on prior to the new generation. We'll just leave it at that. Um, you know, it's funny, JBL, he used to always say on commentary that if you built a sports entertainer from the ground up, they would look like Randy Orton. And while I think that's true, I think the same could be said for Scott Hall. I mean, you got this big guy. He's good looking. He's charismatic. He can talk. And the most important thing about him is that he brought the cool factor. And that's something I think that is sorely missing in today's landscape in terms of professional wrestling. The Mellon Farm was just cool. And he just always seemed like he was the coolest motherfucker in, in the room. And we've all stole shit from razor whether we you know flicked our toothpicks or the little spirit hands or there everybody has done some sort of form of razor ramon you know the gimmick or even scott hall for that matter uh another thing that i think is interesting and i hope i can land this plane 
is that, and I've I've talked about this on other podcasts, how whenever there are technological advances, typically a wrestling boom coincides with that. So we in the mid to late 90s, we'll say we'll say early to mid 90s when cable TV is really starting to find its footing and becoming what it is today. Wrestling was right there, obviously, the Monday Night Wars, and he was so integral to that, as Patrick alluded to earlier. Honestly, in my mind, and I've been thinking about this a lot. He's the first wrestler that I can think of, of in the modern era that really knew how to play to the audience at home. Like a, you know, like a Ric Flair or a Piper or a Hogan or this and that. They're, you know, they were masters of manipulating crowds because in when they came up, that's what it was. You know, you you had TV, but that was kind of the infomercial. The goal was to get everybody to come out to the house shows because that's where you made your money. But Scott Hall knew how to play to a crowd in a way that I don't know if we've seen before him in professional wrestling. Just the way he looked into the camera the toothpick flick and everything. He was playing to a much wider audience than what was in, in the building. And then you see all these, uh, all, all these niceties that are coming out from people in the business that Scott Hall has helped. He was always willing to lend a helping hand. He's the one that gave sting the crow idea. I, I think we all know that story, but obviously that's resurfaced within the past couple of days. Hell, even a guy like Ahmed Johnson, which he doesn't seem to like anybody in the wrestling industry. He even came out on an interview with a friend of the show and my man Mike Knox, if you go back and, and look out that interview. But he talked about how Scott Hall would be waiting for him once he came back from his match on the other side of the curtain and, and would critique him and give him advice. Like he came from that era where the older guys looked out for him and they instilled that in him. Like you look out for the next generation. That's how we keep this thing going. That's why it's a brother or a sisterhood. But um Hey, man, the man lived a great life. And I mean, what else can you really ask for from this life? His legacy and his memory is going to live on. And he made a huge impact while he was on this side of the dirt. And again, that's all you can ask for, man. So one more time. Say goodbye to the bad guy. Because this is the last time you're going to see a bad guy like that. So... WrestleMania modern era, is Scott Hall the best wrestler to never win the world title? No, that 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 answer will always be Roddy Piper, then now and forever. That takes nothing away from Scott Hall. But you also got to remember, though, man, this was in a time in the industry where everybody didn't get the world title. It's not like it is now. They didn't play hot potato with it like that. So I don't think that necessarily negated his star power. And kind of what Patrick alluded to as well him jumping to WCW and that, you know, the creation of the NWO, like that changed the wrestling landscape forever with a good, bad, right or wrong. So yeah, I don't think that takes away from it. I wouldn't necessarily say he was the best. Plus he did have his demons and maybe that had something to do with him not winning the world title. Maybe he wasn't, they didn't feel he was as dependable as he should have been. I, I don't know. Well, but yeah, I, I mean, I, don't it, wanna... I think it, I think it's interesting because a lot of, uh, if you if you hear some of the folks that were within the WWE in the time, that it just you talk about it not being somebody he wanted it to be his time sooner than the WWE felt it was his time, uh, which contributed to him to him jumping and the same you know Nash you know we talk about it being over money and yes it was, 
Um, part of it was him and, and his feelings about his place in the card and, you know, being an IC champ left and right didn't didn't seem to be the answer for him. And and ironically enough, he never got it in WCW either. Uh, I think that um, I think there are three names that pop to my mind when I think of like greatest not world champions. Uh, Piper's one, Scott Hall is two and Kurt Hennings three. Um be, you know, and I don't count his AWA run because it, it, that doesn't count. But yeah, the AWA was on life support by the, the time that happened. So yeah, I, I understand. You, we talk about the no, pages at this point. Would you add Jake Roberts to that list? Yeah, the thing the thing about Piper and Roberts, and, and even I, I think actually the thing about all four of them is they didn't need a they didn't need a world title to to be larger than life and on par with anybody else on the top of the car, you know, and, and for my money, I think of, of all the characters, Razor, like the Razor Ramon character, having the big gold made the most sense out of those four names. Perfect would be number two. Piper would be the bot Piper and Roberts. They, they just didn't need it. They, they never would need it. Um, and, and honestly for Piper as a world champion, it didn't, doesn't make any sense to me. Because he as as either an under uh, as an underdog in particular when he really later in his career when he was always just kind of fighting from the ground up, like being a being an angry hot tempered fighter that was just over, like always up against incredible odds. He never needed a belt, just never needed, never needed it, never had to have it. Jake Roberts the same way, like he just didn't need it. He was he was sneaky. He was clever and. He had the gift to gab, and you could believe that he was a contender, but he didn't need to win it. Uh, but Razor, who always talked about having the gold, having having the big having a big gold, that would have been that would have been that would have been huge. Would have been great for him, but I don't think he needed it. Sunny, do you want to get in here and and say no, some thoughts about I'm... the? Uh... Yeah, I, I'm good. I, I pretty much said my piece. I just was asking that question to see how you guys felt about that. Do you guys have any last thoughts here? Because I'm sure, Patrick, you're probably going to talk about it tonight. Chris, I'm sure we're going to talk about it again on DWI. So um, if you guys, if you guys had any last sentiments, otherwise we're going to take a commercial and come back with some March Madness. No, I think I'm good, man. Yeah, RIP. And happy happy Trails Razor. Yep. Yeah. And thoughts and prayers go out to his family and, and loved ones. And you did life right, sir. So rest easy. You'll live on. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to AngryLemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's AngryLemonade.net. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Welcome back, PC and Platt, right here. ChairShot Radio Network. Special guest this week, Patrick O'Dowd, from none other than Bandwagon Nerds. I was trying to see if I had the March Madness theme, and I, I didn't find it. God damn it. Anyway. You know what's funny, though? 
I was about to say, you could you could use John Chess, man, because Fox's college basketball coverage, they use the John Chess song, so that still yeah, works. Yeah, but we all know the music for, for March Madness on CBS. We also know the music for One Shining One Shining <laughs> Yep, moment. I knew we were going to get out of this one without that. But anyway... We, we got. could have, but we, it's too we, late. We, were, we weren't bad. We weren't. You know that. I know. You I know, know that. I know. I know. <laughs> I know. Dream. Dream. All right. Here it is. March Madness. We all have our brackets filled out. I think the best way to do this, gentlemen, is we're going to break it down two rounds at a time, one quarter of the bracket at a time until we take a break and come back with some final four and overall talk. Okay. Let's start. Okay. Let's start in the West. So pull up your Western portion brackets and we're going to start in the upper quadrant gonzaga taking on georgia state boise state taking on memphis the winners face each other who do you got coming out of that quad mr patrick o'dowd so i've got i I think it's without question it's gonzaga uh for me i just think that the uh one they're they're not going to lose to georgia state and um versus versus a Boise State or a Memphis, I, I think that they're going to have a relatively easy time with them because you can't – like I, I have Boise State beating Memphis because you can't trust Memphis. You don't know which Memphis team you're going to get, and Penny Hardaway is not the coach that they want him to be. So that's 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 where I'm rolling. I'll, I'll save my my deeper thoughts for the West Bracket once we get more into it. I do have Memphis coming out here versus Boise State. Obviously, they're going to lose to Gonzaga. Like, Gonzaga's going to at least make the Sweet 16. They've arguably been the best and most consistent team all season. So they're at least going to win two games in this tournament. Yeah, I agree. Who would you you say was more consistent than them this year, Pat? Hmm? Because oh, you, no. you got a cringe when I said that. So who, who would have I, I don't consistent? know. I, I just say, saying that they're the best and most consistent when they play in the weakest conference in the world not, not, is kind of did, the WCC, the, the mighty WCC. Did like I say they, the they, best? They, I meant most consistent. I didn't. Okay. Maybe I said the best. I mean, they won every game. They won every game they were supposed to win except for St. Mary's. So, like, I'd say. I Duke. Didn't consistent. they lose to Duke? Yeah, they lost to Duke, but that was in like November, man. Nobody even remembers that. I, I did clearly. I know my shit, Mr. Well, me too. Well, me too. But I we'll also get to that later have on. Memphis. We got to do a buddy cop movie, man. To this Gonzaga in we, the we second round. Out. Let's move down to the next quadrant <laughs> below. UConn taking on New Mexico State in the dreaded 5-12 matchup. Four and thirteen is Arkansas versus the University of what is that? Vermont. Yep, the Catamounts. There we go. All right, yeah. yeah. I uh I uh I uh I got Arkansas coming out of here beating UConn. I, I don't think we're going to see the 5-12 upset here in this bracket. No, I don't I don't either. Uh and Arkansas is sneaky good. I do. I agree. And I think and I th- they got shooters. I think the people they do and they they really can be with they can play with anybody when their offense is clicking. Uh and so I have yeah, I have Arkansas over Connecticut. UConn also surprisingly good, the Fighting Hurleys, um, but uh, I think that they're they're a round of thirty-two before they bow out. I got New Mexico here versus UConn. For some reason, I saw a lot of Big East games this season, so I've seen UConn quite a few times. They don't necessarily shoot the ball well, and that's a little discerning in 
you know, March Madness. If you go cold as ice or Eskimo pussy, it's kind of hard to advance. So I'm, I'm going to take New Mexico here in the upset. I, I think that's our 12-5 upset. Um, Arkansas is going to pull through. I think Arkansas actually is a really good team. I even think they may be able to give Gonzaga a little bit of trouble in the round of 16. But, yeah, I, I got Arkansas pulling through here and going on to meet Gonzaga in 16, in the Sweet 16, brother. Okay, let's keep moving on down the quads here. Bama will take on the winner of the play-in game, which is between Notre Dame and Rutgers, it looks like. And they'll have the winner of Texas Tech and Montana State. Gentlemen, I don't care who Bama plays. I got them taking on Texas Tech and beating Texas Tech Bama moving on to the Sweet 16 here. Um. I actually have Rutgers beating Notre Dame, and then I have Rutgers upsetting Alabama would. and making it to the second round. Shout out to Ron Harper and, Jr. And here, and here's why: Rutgers got jobbed pretty hard. They did not deserve to be one of the last four at-large teams brought into this tournament. There's a team in Ann Arbor that one I don't even think should be in the tournament, <laughs> and two. Should shouldn't be playing should be playing in one of these these games on either Tuesday or Wednesday. Uh, a 17 and 14 team that that is just terrible. Um, and Rutgers, I think, was a number four. They finished fourth in the Big Ten. They defend really well. Defense travels. They're gonna. Def- I think Notre Dame is coming out of a weak ACC. Once you get past Duke and Virginia Tech right now, maybe UNC if you want to be generous. And I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna win, and I think that they're gonna give Bama fits because they just don't go away. They just don't go away, and 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 their defense will will suffocate, and they're gonna advance where they will lose to Texas Tech. I agree with Pat. I, I have Alabama winning whomever comes out of that. Because when I think Alabama, I don't know much about Alabama, but when I think of Alabama, I think long, tall, and athletic. But I also, I got Texas Tech beating them in the round of eight because Texas Tech, they can defend, and they have veterans on their squad. They've got, you know, upperclassmen, juniors and seniors. And I think that experience and that maturity, maturity, if you will, comes in handy in a in in this type of environment. All so, right. yeah, I got Texas Tech in the Sweet 16. <laughs> To keep it rolling on here, the last quad of the West Bracket, and it's pretty much set up to see one last classic matchup between Coach K and Coach Izzo at Michigan State, as Michigan State will take on Davidson, Duke will take on Cal State Fullerton. I have Duke beating Michigan State for a trip to the Sweet 16. Uh, I I wouldn't be surprised if some people take Davidson just because of the the recognition that Steph Curry brings to that team. But Michigan State's a pretty good basketball team as well. So I don't think they are. I think they're fraudulent this year. And Davison is back. This is the best team they've had since Steph Curry was there. So I'm thinking they're taking Michigan State out. As much plus it, you know, the committee set it up because they we wanted to get that H to the Izzo versus Coach K matchup one last time, which probably means we ain't gonna get it. So yeah, I'm gonna take Davison here. Do you want to put twenty on it? And of course. What's up, man? Yeah, we we twenty up. Let's do it. All right, we're 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 square I, right now, right? Yeah, that's why I said twenty up. I.e., we both have twenty in the kitty. Yep. So I, yeah, I I don't trust Michigan State's offense any further than it can throw a basketball. 
Because mm-hmm. if they don't, if they don't play in transition, him. I heard they got some DeAndre Jordans. That dude can throw a basketball pretty far. But point is, is if they are, if they aren't in transition, they they really struggle to score the basketball, and their half court offense is painful to watch. And I and so I think that they're ripe for an upset. I think Davidson. Is again, they're a team with a little bit of something to prove because they should have won the A10 and they laid an egg in the semis. Uh, and that's why they're they're where they are as a 10 seed. And I think they're gonna come out and I think they're gonna take it out on Michigan. And I think Duke is then gonna be gifted its way into the sweet 16 as they beat Cal State Fullerton and they beat Davidson. Bro, that's the point I wanted to make about this bracket. Like they the committee literally set this bracket up perfectly for Duke to be able to I don't want to say coast into the final four, but to no. make their way into the final four. I feel like no, this out not, of the Duke Duke's not making a final four. They're not even gonna get out of the Sweet Sixteen. They're gonna lose in the Sweet Sixteen. They're not good enough. Like Go back and watch how they played in the ACC tournament and, and against UNC for the final game of the season. They're terrible. Like they're terrible. They're freshmen are young, they're inexperienced, and they just they don't play cohesively for a, a Shashevsky led team. And I don't see them getting past uh Texas Tech. Like I think I got Texas Tech in the lead eight as I jump ahead of Tony's schedule because Duke's not that good. Duke should be a three seed. Tennessee should be here. Tennessee should be the number two seed, but they're not. So Rick, Rick Barnes, man, and it's it's forever fuck Rick Barnes. Because Tennessee, I like Tennessee a lot as a team, but Rick Barnes. I, I fuck Rick Barnes. I, I don't believe in Rick Barnes, but I feel like this out of the four brackets, I feel like this is the weakest of the brackets, and I think that's why it sets up perfectly for Duke to go on a run here, which I think was obviously the design. Clearly, you haven't paid attention to the Midwest bracket, sir. Uh <laughs> that bracket is I, okay, yeah, yeah. That was you, you want little, to talk about yeah. some gifts given given. Let's go over to Madison and talk about how they got gifted a wonderful path to the sweet 16. We'll get there. Hey, we'll get get quiet, Bucky Badger. Slow down. Slow down, Mr. <laughs> Flatlander. Let's move back up to the top half of the bracket. Let's get into the last two rounds here. Sweet 16 and Elite Eight, uh actual regional championship of the West. We all have Gonzaga versus Arkansas, correct? Yeah. Yes. I got Arkansas winning this game. I got Arkansas winning this game, taking on Duke, who beats Alabama for me, and I have Arkansas going to the Final Four. So I have Gonzaga winning that matchup. I already said that um, that uh, Duke was going to lose in the Sweet 16 to Texas Tech. Texas Tech is going to be the one who takes on Gonzaga, but I got Gonzaga coming out and going to the Final Four. I think Arkansas can't pose some problems for Gonzaga, but ultimately I have Gonzaga pulling through. Obviously, I think Duke is going to pull through, so I got one-two matchup that we got back in November. As good as Gonzaga is, they struggle against athletic teams, and I think Duke has some athletes. I'm not going to say they're going to run them out the gym, but I got Duke here going to the Final Four over Gonzaga. Oh, okay. So you're not a mark for Gonzaga. A few aren't. No, they struggle against athletic teams, man. That's always been their MO. That's how they got uh, run out the gym last year versus Baylor because Baylor was just long, tall, and athletic and right. ran their ass out the All gym. Right. All right. They ran everyone's ass out the gym, though. Dude. They did. I'm, they did. I'm, I'm interested to Too see uh, so a complete – 
zero consensus here. Not even a uh, a majority uh, a, a pick here for for this bracket. Where I have Arkansas, Patrick, you have Texas Tech, I believe you said correct. Yep. And Chris has Duke. No one takes the one. No, no, seed. no. I had the Zags. I had the. Oh, Zags. you do have good Zags. Zags. Oh, Zags. my bad, my bad. All right, yeah. let's move to the East bracket. Baylor is the one seed here. Baylor draws Norfolk State. And the winner of North Carolina and Marquette. I have Baylor beating North Carolina. I don't see Marquette winning this game. If they do, great. No one's beating Baylor here. Uh, I agree with you on both. Uh, I'll, you know, uh, Platt said um, said a coach's name. Shaka Smart doesn't win in the NCAA tournament. He just doesn't win. He does well, he, it. He, he, did with, he did with VCU. One time. And that I was like, one what, time. 10, 12 years Listen, ago? Listen, he will, mark, yeah. mark my words, we'll still be doing this show or some kind of sports show as well, and we'll all be on it. And in the next two, three years, Shaka will get Marquette to an Elite Eight. I'll tell you that right now. He's he's going to bring kids in. They have money from boosters at that school. They have a good coach, a good recruiter. They can be really good. See Tom Brought Cream. in a lot of talent in Texas. See Tom it's Cream. It's hard to win at Marquette. Give see, him, give him the, the Louisville job. And, and let him recruit up in the Northeast and get some of those New York guards and return uh, my school, Louisville, to his prominence. Not my oh, school, geez, but my rooting interest. Go, yeah, shut up. <laughs> yeah, I got Baylor here, and I actually have Marquette pulling the upset against the minor upset against North Carolina. I like North Carolina. I think they're super talented, but they're super inconsistent, and I think that continues here. So I think Marquette pulls them out. So we'll have Baylor and Marquette. Uh, playing in the second round. All right. All right. So we're all consensus with Baylor there. Yeah. Yeah. So here, here's one of the more, I don't know, you, you can overbelieve in Akron if you want, but UCLA to me has the easiest path to the sweet 16 for a four seed. Uh, St. Mary's will play the winner of Indiana and Wyoming, which doesn't seem to be much of a challenge to me to St. Mary's. I see UCLA winning both these games by double digits and making it to the Sweet 16. Okay, so number one, Tony, you are not going to besmirch the good goddamn name of the MAC conference. You know I'm a MAC man. Bowling Green is in the MAC, so you're not going to besmirch Akron. That that being said, I don't even think they were the best team in the MAC. I think Kent State was actually better than them, but there was some weird shit going on with Kent State. Like their best player got suspended for the first half you, of the championship game. Do you think yeah, this was he, like he the? Went up. This is like the year of the return of the MAC conference. Just a question. That's a fair question. Yeah, I mean, Akron was like the four seed in the MAC tournament too. Like they weren't even they weren't even like number two. Uh, but credit to John Gross for getting the Fighting Zips uh, through the tournament and winning winning uh the mac ucla returns returned all of its starters from its final four run last year they uh, yeah i i don't see them losing to akron uh wyoming and indiana i don't know that either of those teams indiana is one of those that might give saint mary some trouble just because if they're if they're uh if their shooters shoot well okay there you all right bud Mm. All right, um, because Trace Trace Jackson Davis can mess with a can can mess with a team and he can disrupt some stuff on the inside, but I don't think it'd be enough. 
um, St. Mary's versus UCLA, and then I got UCLA taking on Baylor in the Sweet 16. I talked all that shit about Akron, but fellas, I really, and I do mean really, like this UCLA team. Like Patrick alluded to, they bring back all of their important players from last year's Final Four team. They don't turn the ball over. They can defend. I think that Arizona game that they blew in the PAC championship, I think that was more of an aberration. I, I like them a lot, and I'm going to take them here. I do think that St. Mary's wins, and they're going to play UCLA, but ultimately I have UCLA pulling that out. All right, let's keep moving it down. Texas will take on Virginia Tech. I got Texas there. Purdue and Yale. Good for Yale for making the tournament. Purdue on their way to the Sweet 16, in my opinion. Not much, uh, not much of a challenge for a really, really good team, in my opinion. Maybe having one of the best players in the nation on it as well. Patrick, I know you've seen plenty of Purdue, probably more than you've wanted. And more, more than I care to. Uh, first of all, don't sleep on Greg's Virginia Tech Hokies. Very, very hot team right now. Playing, double, playing very well. Double-digit loss to Texas. Double-digit loss to Texas. Okay, well, when the Virginia Tech Hokies upset Texas mm-hmm. and is that 11 seed that beats six, uh, we'll, we'll take your apology. Purdue, Purdue is such a frustrating team because they have all the talent in the world, and they struggled defensively so much, and they have lost uh, so many games that they should win. I don't uh, Yale good as you said good on them for making it. I think that they do beat Yale and I think Purdue upends Virginia Tech to go on to the Sweet 60. I hate this Purdue team so much. I mean, going into this season, they probably should have been a number 1. It, you know what I mean? If we're just talking, you know, not actually playing the games, they should have been a number 1. I I I don't like them very much. With all due respect to our commander-in-chief, Greg DeMarco, I have Texas pulling that out. And I have uh, Texas beating Purdue as well in the in the grade eight. Again, they can defend, and they have solid upperclassmen. And I think that makes a difference in these tournament games. So I got Texas in the Sweet 16. Let's move down to my probably my favorite quad of this region. Murray State taking on San Francisco. Kentucky Wildcats taking on St. Pete. Uh, Murray State. 30 and 34 and two this year or something like that. 30 and two, I believe. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Sorry, my bad. Yeah. They're a really good basketball team. They will beat San Francisco. They're a really good basketball school. They will beat mm-hmm. San Francisco handily yeah. and they will beat Kentucky as well. And head to the sweet 16 that you, you can mark that down. That's a stone cold lock from PC Tony. I a thousand percent agree. Because this Kentucky team is very talented, man. But y'all know we've seen enough evidence of Calipari teams. When he's the front runner, he's great. He might be the best coach in the league. But when shit gets tight, that sphincter gets so tight, that motherfucker could suck a brick out of wall with his asshole. And the teams tend to fold as well because they take on the identity of the coach. Murray State's a damn good team. They're 30-2 and two this season. I think that they're going to keep that game with Kentucky close in the the round of 32, and I think they pull it out because of that, because it's going to be close and Calipari's sphincter is going to get tight. Even though Kentucky, even though I wanted to pick them because it kind of goes against my Texas logic and some other teams because Kentucky actually has some upperclassmen for the first time in Lord knows how long, maybe since Saul Smith was there. But, yeah, I, I don't believe in this team, and I believe in Murray State. Like, there's a reason they only lost two games this year. So, yes, I'm taking Kentucky over Murray State as well, Tony. 
So John Morant's walking through that door. Is that what happened? <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I don't see it. Um, I do see Murray State beating San Francisco. I do see Kentucky beating St. Peter's. Um, I see Oscar Sheway. I see Ty Ty Washington. I see a better team than than the Ohio Valley Conference champion. And next year, when they move on to the MV, uh, in the to the Missouri Valley Conference uh, and step up in competition, maybe I'll be a little bit more of a believer. But I got Kentucky over Murray State heading into the Sweet 16. I just think there's something to be said for a team that only lost two games all year, which means they know who they are, they know their identity, and they know how to win and get it done. Absolutely, and I think that Kentucky will still take all of those wonderful victories (laughs) and win the game. Let's advance this region into the Final Four here. Personally, I have uh, UCLA beating Baylor and Purdue over Murray State. UCLA back to the final four again with all that experience. I just think they're the most well-rounded team here. I don't know. We'll see. Baylor's really good. It's tough to not put number ones through because they make it a lot. But my prediction here is UCLA over Purdue, UCLA to the final four. My problem with my problem with Baylor is I think this is where their injuries are going to catch up to them. They've got a lot of guys that are hurt. They're not playing. Uh, they're not playing uh, with a full tank. And, UCLA again. They they've got their their starting five have been there, and I think that they're going to move on to the Elite Eight. I got Purdue, Purdue and Kentucky, and this is the other reason. Part of this is my my. This is a game I want to watch. I want to watch Zach Eady take on Oscar Shibway. I want to see Jalen Ivy or Jaden Ivy going up against Ty Ty Washington. I want to watch that game. I think that's going to be an excellent game where defense is optional, and I do have Kentucky taking on UCLA and then UCLA advancing actually to the final four. So you and I are in agreement this time, Tony. Okay. God damn it. That means it's not going to happen. I too have UCLA in the final. <laughs> four. I have, I have Texas Bounced in the State. second round. That's what we just did. Exactly. Right there. Exactly. They probably go lose the act round. Yeah. Round yeah. Right. <laughs> right. I don't know about that I got, one. I got Texas in, I got Texas and Murray State. I got Murray State advancing all the way to the Elite Eight, ultimately falling to UCLA and the Bruins making the Final Four. I just really like that team, but apparently so does everybody else, which means they're probably not going to make it. So my bad, Bruins. This one's on me. All right. After a non-consensus whatsoever, three different picks in the West, we all have the four seed UCLA out of the East. Let's head to the South region. Arizona will take on the winner of... Boy, Wright State and who's the other? Belmont or Bernie? Bryant. 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 Oh, Bryant's got that douchebag kid who started the fight in the stands, right? <laughs> well, that was Wright State. Wright State was the one that had that fight. Oh, no. No, was, you're right. It was Bryant. It, it was, was Bryant. against Bryant. He wasn't though. the one who started the fight. No, but he, like he runs around acting like an idiot on the court, like he's God's gift to basketball. Mm. And you don't think that pisses fans yeah. off? Like, think about it. It does. Like, his yeah. coach yelled at him, like, five times, but there's nothing he could do. He was so good. Um, I don't really give a shit. Whoever gets the chance to be, get their ass beat by Arizona. I got Texas Christian <laughs> over Seton Hall. I'm not a big believer in Seton Hall after seeing him play in the Big East this year. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Arizona and Seton Hall – or Arizona and TCU are going to face each other, and then Arizona is going to go on in the Sweet 16. 
Yeah, I agree with all of that. Again, saw a lot of Big East this year. Don't believe in Seton Hall. I have it the same way. I got Arizona, TCU, and Arizona going on to the Sweet 16. Now we get to the Patrick O'Dowd part of the program. I will give my thoughts briefly, Chris. You can give yours, and then we'll let Patrick pontificate on the first two rounds he's going to have to endure. He's going to hate me. Houston's a pretty good five seed, so I see them beating UAB definitely. Um, I don't see Illinois losing to Chattanooga. Illinois is a very good basketball team. However, I do see Illinois losing a very close basketball game. Houston can really put points on the board. I got Houston moving on to take on Arizona in the Sweet 16. Chris? I love this UAB team. They can defend. They create turnovers. And again, they have a lot of upperclassmen on that team. So I have them beating Houston. Obviously, I have Illinois beating Chattanooga. But ultimately, I think this is our Cinderella, gentlemen. I have UAB making it to the Sweet 16 and defeating Illinois in the second round. I love Kobe. I'm happy he came back for his senior year. I pray that that doesn't fuck with his draft stock. I just really believe in this UAB team. Well, you love Kobe so much that you forgot that his name is really Kofi, not Kobe. Whatever. So thank you for that. Careless Lavert. Kobe Cockhart, man. That's his name. Kobe Cockhart. So Kofi, Kofi Coburn. Um, who changed his pronunciation to Coburn after people made Cockburn jokes. Wait, wait, wait a second. Uh, does, he, does he win the Wooden? Does he win the Wooden this year? No. Oh, good. You don't think so? No. No, because Johnny Davis is going to win it. 20 and 12, though. Uh, I don't know if Johnny Davis will win it. Or Keegan Murray. You think Keegan Murray's going to do it? Or do you think they're going to give it to uh, Sheway, or not Sheway, um, that kid from Kansas? I don't even know. What, Chet, the, the white guy? Uh... No. Who's the anyway, white, who about Chet, whatever the fuck. Chet Holmgren from Gonzaga? No, he's Thank not gonna win it. Um, yeah. I think I think it, it'll it'll be interesting to see where John because Johnny Davis is also beat up pretty good right now over in Wisconsin. We'll talk about that later. Here's my thing. Um, I I get why people are picking Chattanooga over Illinois because Illinois is a team that is very very talented that has not fully realized their potential and it's been very frustrating as a fan. Because um, Kofi Coburn's missed games, uh, both due to suspension for selling um, memorabilia like days before they dropped the name, image, and likeness rules. Um, He also suffered a concussion after facing Purdue. Andre Cabello, who is a sophomore point guard from uh, Puerto Rico, who was really coming on at the end of the 2021 season was out 12 games due to concussion um, and is just now starting to kind of round into the form of where we left him off. Um, I, I think that Illinois, sh- like Illinois should be Chattanooga. Uh, they're just, they're a deeper team and I think they will. Uh, I don't know what to make of Houston because Houston is a team that I think should be better than the way they've played when I've watched them play. Um, and I do think that any team that has a player by the name of Jelly as his nickname is worth giving a look. Uh, but I am going to go with Houston because Houston does rank high in the Kim Palm in both offense and defense and is very dangerous on both sides of the court. I have to be a homer and pick my Illini to make the, the Sweet 16. The thing that Illinois has been doing the last few games that they haven't 
they haven't had previously is they have more than just Kofi and Prey three-pointers go down to score now. Um, Curbelo has come back and created a, a really nice element of somebody who can get to the rim and score. And honestly, he had a bad day against Indiana where he missed some layups. If he makes some layups, in Illinois wins that game by 15. Um, and don't overlook the emergence of a guy named Coleman Hawkins. Kofi's not getting drafted high at all if he gets drafted at all. Um, he's not the type of player that NBA teams look for. He's he's a big old traditional center. He's, so he, he, I don't know. He's a little bit different type of player, but he seems like a guy who I was unbelievably right on, who I bet you no one can even remember his name, who was the uh, Wooden Award winner and Big Ten Conference Player of the Year out of Iowa, and everybody thought he was going to be good in the NBA. Luca Garza. And he's not even in the fucking NBA now, is he? Yeah, it's Garza. No, I and that's the thing is I agree with you a thousand percent. And I think Kofi's Kofi's going to get the feedback again. Um, but if he's on a mock draft board, he's in. He's like fifty-eight to sixty. He'll get if drafted. He's on there at all. He'll get drafted in the second round because he can do things Garza couldn't. Where he can come in and play defense. He can grow into his backup role. He's big too. Right, like Garza yeah. was slow, he couldn't jump. Seven, he was, two. Yeah, I mean, he was physically a step behind, exactly. So that's where I'm at. Yeah, yeah they're going to at least give him a look just because of his size. But, uh, Patrick, the problem with a uh, a player named Jelly, <laughs> is it, it could go one of two ways, man. Either he could score 30 a night and lead them to the Final Four, or he could get popped for weed the night before the game. and, and He is, he is cool, a bucket. You know, I will just say so. he, he is a bucket getter, though. He is a bucket getter. So good, good player. All right, let's keep it rolling here. Next quad, Colorado State taking on Michigan. Tennessee versus, looks like, I don't know, what is that, Longwood? Yep. Hey, uh, the the uh, um, uh, uh, alumnus, um, what's, his, what's my man's name? Lexington Steel. Yeah. Nothing. Oh, I know. It took too long. Oh, we, oh, we know. <laughs> it took too long. Uh, I got yeah. Tennessee beating Colorado State here. I don't think there's much uh, much ado about this this quad. Right. I'm still so bad that Michigan got an 11 seed as a 17 and 14 team that underperformed all season, all season, and should not. He they should be playing today uh, as we're recording this or on Wednesday. And they're not, and they're gonna. It's gonna show out against Colorado State. They are not a consistent team. Hunter Dickinson, as he goes, the rest of the team goes. Their guard play is terrible. Like their right. guard play is terrible. Well, and then Tennessee, yeah, Tennessee's the hottest, arguably the hottest team in college basketball right now. They are, and it's forever fuck Rick Burns. But but, ten, but Tennessee's gonna go to the Sweet Sixteen. Tennessee is going to go to the Sweet 16. Yes, they are. I, I have yeah, Michigan he, beating Colorado State, and there's no wrong. way in hell Michigan is going to beat Tennessee. But fuck Rick Barnes. I wouldn't be surprised if if they don't make it out the first weekend of the year be, or the tournament because forever it's fuck Rick Barnes. It's not personal. Motherfucker just can't coach. And I mean, nobody personal. has squandered more talent in the history of his career and keep getting opportunities more than Rick Barnes. All right, the next quadrant, the last quadrant in the South <laughs> region. Ohio State taking on Loyola of Chicago. Villanova taking on Delaware. I have Villanova walking right through both of these games. I, sorry, but the, the fun times are over for uh, sister whoever from Loyola of <laughs> Chicago. You're going to go Mary off the first. Jean, yeah, welcome to the Ohio State, Mary Jean. Yeah, but Villanova, double-digit victories both, 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 uh, both rounds here. 
I got, I got um, a very, go, go, go ahead, ahead, Pat. No, I got I got loyal to Chicago beating Ohio State outside of EJ Liddell. Kyle Young's hurt. Um, oh gosh, I'm gonna forget the name of the center. Uh, forgetting his name, he's hurt too. Like their starting centers um, is down. They're 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 beat up, and they haven't been playing good basketball since they beat Illinois, and it showed. Like they just look out of gas. They played. I want to say they played nine games in in 12 days or something like that, trying to make up games from a COVID pause. That hasn't helped them either. The best thing that's happening for them is that they don't have to play until Friday. Um, But I got Villanova over Delaware, and then I got Villanova over Loyola Chicago. I agree. Shout out to the Ohio State University, but um, I'm going to go with God on this one. I got Sister Mary Jean and Loyola beating Ohio State in the first round, going on to play Villanova. And that's where their story ends. Villanova is going to go on to the Sweet 16, face Tennessee, and finally put us all of our misery and remind us that Rick Burns is still Rick Burns. Speaking of that, I have Villanova beating Tennessee, Arizona over Houston, and I have the Villanova Wildcats, who are kind of coming into this tournament a little bit under the radar. They're a very, very good basketball team with a very, very good coach who's been there before and been victorious. So I have Villanova beating Arizona and heading to the final four out of the South bracket. Jesus fucking Christ, Tony. My shit sucks. That's exactly what I have. And those are the reasons because Jay Wright is a very underrated coach. I've seen a lot of Villanova this year. I think they are underrated. They don't turn the ball over. They shoot free throws well, which both of those things behoove you in a tournament format because there's probably going to be some close games. And yeah. Uh, and and I mean, honestly, some of the pick is kind of uh, being a hater towards our colleague and brother Ray cash. Cause you know, I just don't want anything good to happen to him cause he's a Ravens fan. But I honestly think that Villanova is going to make it out this bracket but, and beat Arizona in the elite eight and, and advance to the final four. And when you talk about winning close games, the team with the best free throw percentage in the nation is generally going to have an advantage winning close games, and that's Villanova. Yeah, I said that. No, you didn't. Well, unfortunately for Villanova, they're going to lose to Tennessee, even though it's fuck Rick Barnes. No, and they're not. Arizona, Arizona is going to come out and win their game over Illinois. As much as I love Illinois and that they get a chance to had a chance at redemption, they lost by four, or yeah, they lost by four to Arizona at uh, at Illinois. Arizona's you want you want to talk about a team that's been is really talented and consistent. I, I think the only thing that is hurting Arizona is the health of Kirk Risa. Um, but I think Arizona's gonna gonna take it. They're gonna take the region and they're gonna make it to the final four. All right. So a majority pick in Villanova with also uh, an Arizona vote to go in there for the final four out of the South. Let's head to the Midwest, our final bracket. Kansas taking on the winner of Texas Southern and Texas A&M Corpus Christi. Yeah, I think Kansas is going to win that one. I got Creighton over San Diego State. I think Creighton is a battle-tested team out of the Big East this year. Kansas has too much firepower for Creighton, though. Obviously, I got Kansas coming out of this quad. Is uh, uh, is Steve Fisher still at San Diego State? No. Ooh, I fucked that up because I got San Diego State over Creighton just because I, I just don't believe in Creighton. And obviously Kansas is going to beat San Diego State. San Diego State's always a, a team with those long athletes that likes to run. 
And uh, I think they're going to do that to Creighton and win. I do have Kansas taking on San Diego State. I got Kansas advancing to the Sweet 16. The next quad involves the Iowa Hawkeyes taking on Richmond in that oh-so-eek 5-12 matchup. But recently, the 13s have come along and won a lot of matchups. San Diego State, a solid team. Providence, though, in my opinion, is underrated at a 4 with an excellent season. I do have Richmond pulling off that 112 upset this year, but Providence beating Richmond handily. I think this is Providence's bracket to walk through. I don't think Iowa poses a threat to them either. I hate Pro- you, Timmy. I, I, I do. Go go ahead, Pat. Go ahead, Pat. Well, Providence doesn't impress me at all. Every time I – like, Providence to me is like Wisconsin in that they're not the most talented team, but they've been the most fortunate team. And that that showed up when they entered into the Big East tournament. They didn't win the tournament. Um, and, and I just – I don't believe in them. And I actually think people need to watch out for South Dakota State. Watch out for the Jackrabbits. I'm going with the 13 over the 4. South Dakota State goes to take on – Iowa, who is shooting as well as anybody, and people need to pay attention to the fact that this Iowa team defends. They are not a one-sided basketball team like people are used to saying, and the Murray brothers, along with Jordan Bohannon, are getting it done. Though fuck the McCaffreys. I hate them. I got Iowa going to the Sweet 16. I like Richmond here. They've got a really talented front court. I think they can get Iowa into foul trouble and kind of thin out that bench. I, I have Richmond going over here. I, too, am a fan of Providence. Again, the team I saw a lot of Big East. I really like that team. Uh, I got a Richmond and Providence in the round of eight, and I have promise, Providence rather going over and meeting Kansas in the Sweet 16. All right, let's keep it moving on here then. LSU taking on Iowa State and the Wisconsin Badgers taking on Colgate. I got Iowa State beating LSU. They have more top 25 wins than LSU does. Um, And as far as the Badgers and and Colgate goes, you can have all your big-name pundits say that they got all their, you know, loose and groovy 10-cent movie picks. There you go, Platt. I can steal stuff, too. (laughs) But uh, Wisconsin will win this game against Colgate, and they will win the game against Iowa State as well. I just think their pedigree will will allow them to win possibly a couple more close games, Patrick. How do you like that? Uh, I, I begrudgingly admit there's a lot of there's a lot of Illinois fans that are crying that basically Illinois and Wisconsin, when the first rankings and seedings were revealed, Illinois was ahead of Wisconsin. They both teams finished with the same record, and Wisconsin leapfrogged Illinois. My argument to Illinois fans is don't lose to Purdue twice. And Wisconsin beat Purdue twice, and there you have it. Wisconsin, for as much as I give it a hard time, they don't beat themselves. They don't turn the ball over. Uh, and so they the thing that that is different, they just aren't the most talented team. I think they get the most out of their talent. And I think Johnny Davis really is the motor that gets that team going. And if he struggles, the rest of the team can struggle. Um, I do see Iowa State beating LSU. LSU is a hot garbage mess right now with no coach and a lot of people talking about talent taking their um, skills elsewhere at the end of the season anyway um, I do have Wisconsin beating Colgate and then I do have them beating Iowa State to advance to the Sweet 16 much to my displeasure. yeah LSU, LSU rather they're such a dumpster fire right now gentlemen I actually like Iowa State a lot in this quadrant they defend and they shoot the three very well 
And that's a good um, recipe to go they're, far. They're, they're, they're two and ten in their last twelve games, man. They also defend and shoot the three well. That's a recipe to go far in this tournament, they're man. It's all about matchups when we get to this point, right? They're two hundred sixty-first in the nation in three-point field goal percent. They're terrible. The regardless of whatever, don't let a, a silly thing don't like the truth get in the, the way of a good story. Yes, I got Wisconsin and Iowa State in the in the round of thirty-two. I got Iowa State pulling this out and making it to the th- we, Sweet we Sixteen. We're just trying to save you from yourself, sir. Well, I already said it, and it's already I'm here so on my ESPN, it, on my ESPN bracket. Okay. All right, let's finish off the Midwest round. I have Providence pulling off the upset against Kansas, heading to the Elite Eight to take on the winner of Wisconsin and Auburn, and that would be one Auburn. I think they have a really good thing going down there. Bruce Pearl is a hell of a coach, and I got them going to the Final Four over Providence. Um, I So I have Miami beating USC. Um, I do have Auburn beating Jackson State, and I do have uh, Auburn beating Miami. I don't trust Auburn's guard play, though. And that's that's what worries me with them is their guards have been are wildly inconsistent. Good guard play wins. I actually think this bracket sets up really really well for uh for a Kansas uh, as much as it bothers me because they uh, are in Iowa. I actually um, have Iowa actually over Kansas, and I'm actually going to put Iowa in the. I'm going to take this all the way through. I'm going to have Iowa over Auburn, and Iowa going to the Final Four. Oh wow, that's a horrible pick, Platt. So I don't believe in Kansas. They're the Atlanta Braves of college football, or excuse me, of college basketball. So I don't believe in them. They'll make it to the Sweet 16, but I got Providence over them in the Sweet 16. I got Miami beating SC as well. Auburn is so goddamn talented, man. They they really are. But as, as Patrick talked about earlier, man, they've got problem with their guards. And the problem with their guards is one starts, one doesn't, but they both think they're the man. You know what I mean? So at the end of the game, it gets a little dicey about who's the guy that's going to step up and make the play. So I think ultimately that burns them. I don't think it burns them at rather or actually until the Elite Eight. I got Iowa State in the Sweet 16 and I got Auburn over them. But ultimately in the Elite Eight, I've got Providence over Auburn and making the Final Four. Full pick, Cotton. All right, folks. Thank you, sir. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a quick break. You're listening to PC and Platt right here, Chairshot Radio Network, a part of the Chairshot.com. When we come back, our predictions for the final four. Don't forget, always use your head. Why should you visit the Chairshot.com? The Chairshot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. The Chairshot.com. Always use your head thechairshot.com always use your head welcome back pc and platt special guest patrick o'dowd from bandwagon nerds greg demarco show thechairshot.com in general uh all around uh podcasting and media savant patrick o'dowd with us today as we go over our picks for the ncaa tournament gave our thoughts earlier on razor ramon r.i.p to him and uh shout out and prayers to his family and, and all the fans uh, he'll be missed. So let's get into the final four here, right here, PC and Platt, Chairshot Radio Network. Uh, it's interesting because 
I got two fours and two twos, and they're each playing each other. I got Arkansas versus UCLA <laughs> and Villanova versus Auburn, and I kind of talked myself into Villanova winning this by just kind of thinking about the way they play basketball, how they can finish games, and how they have an advantage in coaching uh, against a lot, a lot of other teams they would match up against. So I got Villanova beating UCLA, making it back to the final this year. I, I, I just got things that are consistent and constant taking my brain to make these picks. That's fair. Um, I've got, I had Gonzaga, I had Kentucky, I had Arizona and I had Iowa. I think people are underselling how well Iowa has played from, from uh, the beginning of February on. They have been a, they've been the best team in the big 10. In, in my opinion, they've played um, offensively. They've just been damn near unstoppable defensively they've been very very consistent i think their run ends at the final four i think arizona has too many weapons and can match up with them both defensively and offensively to score right with them and will advance the championship game over in the other side of the bracket i think that gonzaga is a is a nice balanced team i think kentucky is the is the more talented team and i think at this point this is where coach cal um ends his run as that that talent sort of wears out and the consistency of a Mark Few-led team uh, ends, and it's Gonzaga versus Arizona, the teacher versus the former assistant coach. And I think this is the year for Mark Few. I think this is the year after a disappointing result last year that Gonzaga finds a way, gets it done, and beats Arizona and wins the national championship. That's a really good story, BT-Dub. It really is. But speaking of stories, I got Duke, UCLA, Villanova, and Providence in this Final Four. I have Duke pulling it out against UCLA. I have Villanova pulling it out against Providence. And in storybook fashion, because there's been years where we look at that Duke team and we say, how the hell did they get here? And I think this is one of those years. And I think Mike Krzyzewski and his soy sauce colored hair right <laughs> off into the sunset after defeating Villanova in the championship game, 76-67. to 67. None of y'all caught that I fucked up my Final Four and that I had UCLA in the Final Four instead of Kentucky? It doesn't matter. We're all wrong. I still, I still have Gonzaga <laughs> beating UCLA. I still have Gonzaga going into the final um, and beating Arizona, but we all, because we all, yeah, we all had None different of, but we all went the same. And none of us are going to have the, the final four, man. You know who's nope. going to uh, win the bracket and the million dollars is fucking uh, some secretary a la uh, 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 buttfuck uh, North Dakota who never even watches basketball and just picked she just, the she bracket. She picked because of her favorite mascots. Yeah, I either like, the mascots like or the colors of the jerseys or some goofy shit. Yeah. yeah. Well, there you have it, folks. That is our conversation on March Madness that is beginning as we record very shortly with the play-in games. Hope everybody has a good time. Be careful on St. Patrick's Day along with the opening round of games for the tournament. 
You're listening to PC and Platt right here at ChairShot Radio Network. My name is PC Tunney. You can follow me on Twitter and Facebook at PC Tunney. Please continue to listen to all of our podcasts, everything streaming on all your favorite radio networks and at thechairshot.com. Patrick, thank you for joining us. Love talking basketball and hoops with you. I'm sure we will all continue to give each other shit about our picks over the next three weekends. Let everybody know what's going on with you, and thanks again for coming on. Oh, well, thank you again for having me. I uh, I begged to do some sort of March Madness podcast. And so for you and Platt to welcome me onto your show was greatly appreciated. So a lot, <laughs> this has been a busy week already, and it's only Tuesday as we record this. So for those of you who didn't listen to uh, Tuesday's edition of Chair Shot Radio, please go back and give it a listen. Christopher Platt, or not Christopher Platt, I did it again, Tony. PC Tony and I did a five by five where we did our five best and five worst Saturday Night Live sketches of all time. Had a lot of fun doing that show uh, and did, gave it a gave it a listen today and, and really enjoyed it. Uh, we're on bandwagoners. We're doing the art project. All three of us gave our top 10 uh, action flicks uh, from the era of 2000 to 2009. And tonight on the Greg DeMarco show, when we record it for Wednesday, we will probably be talking a little uh, Scott Hall, as you mentioned. And we're going to talk a little Sami Zayn because I, I brought it up to Greg and feel like he's somebody who's been uh, on a pretty good run and is worth uh, discussing as he heads into WrestleMania. So follow me at Wrestling Realist at W R E S T L N G R E A L I S T. As I'm trying to uh, solidify my bracket and turn it into ESPN, I'm trying to remember my password for this whole thing, which good luck with that. I might be here for another hour trying to figure that one out. But y'all can find me on Twitter at the Real C Platt. You can find me all over the chair shot. I'm everywhere, anywhere and nowhere simultaneously. But again, if you appreciate the content we provide day in and day out here at The Chair Shot, make sure we're, keep, we're able to keep providing that content you love so much day in and day out here at The Chair Shot by going to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash The Chair Shot. Pick up an official Chair Shot t-shirt, support the movement, show us some love. Y'all love us. We love you right back. It's beautiful. Take my picks to the bank. You'll lose. But, hey. Well, that's my cue, folks. Oh, you could have kept going. We got a little bit of time left for PC Tunney, Christopher Platt, special guest Patrick O'Dowd. You've been listening to PC and Platt right here on the Chairshot Radio Network. Make sure you enjoy the opening weekend. I saw a werewolf with a Chinese menu in his hand Walking through the streets of Soho in the rain He was looking for the place called Lee Ho Fuchs Gonna get a big dish of beef chow mein. Chairshot.com. Always use your head.